Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are powered. Ron Huntley, your host. Every season of life provides a new opportunity for impact. Today I'll be speaking with one of the most positive, enthusiastic, and confident leaders I know. Bonnie Yulkuna has been with Alpha Global for 20 years and her role has recently changed and it brings with it exciting opportunities and some unique challenges. Today I encourage you to listen for the simple yet important leadership principles that can guide you as you face change in this season of your leadership life. Lift off and the clock has started. It's been said that if you're in leadership, you are going to constantly need to change. You're gonna change for one of two reasons. Either things aren't working and you must change or things are working and it requires that you change. But either way, We have to get comfortable with change and transitions in our lives. Today, I'm joined by Bonnie Yul Kuna, who's the Executive Director of Africa and Latin America for Alpha. Welcome, Bonnie. You are so kind, Ron. It is such a treat to have a chance to spend any time speaking with you, but especially this time. Thank you for the invitation. (laughs) It's my pleasure. It is a reciprocal. It is a mutual fan club. There's no doubt about it. (laughs) I love being with you. So this is going to be fun. And I I love the theme of transition and change because it, it impacts us for different reasons and different seasons. But you've gone through a transition over the last year or so. And I'd love for you to share a little bit about that. I'd love to. Thank you. There were two things that really drove why, why I transitioned in my role with Alpha. And I am so blessed that I have been part of the team in London working for Alpha for almost 20 years now. I'm just a few months off of 20 years. So it's been a fair bit of time. Amazing. And I've had many different roles. I, I've headed up the UK. I've focused on the global work. I've focused on building our capacity in the global work. But it all came from um, Holy Trinity Brompton and the London headquarter, Global Centre. Loved being based there. Loved the team. But there were two pieces that happened within about the last two years. One was practicality. My husband and I both have older widowed mums in the U.S. And I do think that practicality has to fit into the way we think about our future, our current moments, when we pivot, we, it, practicality and the call of God do each play a piece within that. And it's a comfortable piece how they hang together. <laughs> That's the practicality. Simultaneously, even, even before we began to have this conversation with a couple about our moms and our family being based so far away, I felt God burning more and more within me this call and passion for these two regions of the world that have the greatest number of churches. Mm-hmm. So we serve and equip the church. That's our call. That's our mission. And it used to be that Latin America had the greatest number of churches of any region. And a few years ago, that moved to Africa. So that means that 
this region of the world has such tremendous potential for growing God's kingdom. And this kind of fire that was already there, I was working globally, but it just began to burn within me in a different way. Oh, that is amazing. I didn't know that transition happened. With, but boy, talk about two big opportunities for impact and influence for the kingdom. It, it's so beautiful. And I would imagine so many different languages and cultures and customs within those. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so not only, so you've got such different regions, and yet there are kind of three pieces that I see so similar between the two of them. One I've already mentioned, it is the number of churches. But another one is that you do have a much younger demographic. Um, And so if you compare Latin America, Africa to Europe, for example, that that rising generation is an incredibly vast generation. So that's one piece. The other piece is the relational capacity and value on relationships is possibly higher than other parts of the world where I am from and live. Yes. And so there is this incredible opportunity for the gospel in the midst of these three things that are similar across both of them. And that we see, so if we look at this past year in 2020, for example, Alpha grew most quickly in these two regions. I don't think that just happens. I think that in the midst of this challenging time period, that high relational um, capacity, families being larger, more connected, people, it's, you know, the social anthropological term is high context cultures. This is, this is that space. And Alpha is absolutely flourishing in the midst of COVID on that. Now, Ron, I've already run away into the middle of where I am right now, rather than my transition point. You've got to keep me under control. I'll, I'm just I'll engrossed back. in the story. <laughs> I'm just loving it. I forget that I'm a host. I'm just hanging on every word. Like This is really interesting for me because I wouldn't have, like I'm sure a lot of our listeners, some were, they wouldn't have known that. Like It's like, what? You mean they're way younger than we are in Canada or in Europe? It's like, yeah, they are. Because one of the big problems we have in North America and uh, you know, Australia and yes. Europe is this is an aging out population, and the new generation just we're not very effective at capturing them. And what you're saying is, whoa, no, the church is growing like crazy, and there's this younger demographic just moving up. That that bring a lot of energy, a lot of excitement. That's exactly that's exactly right. And I think the other thing is, we have all how many times have we over the last year heard the terms something like pivoting online, right? I I think I would be a very wealthy woman if I had even a dime every time I heard that expression. So true. It is true. The world now, in some places have started to open up, thanks be to God, but in many, many places around the world, we are still living most of our lives online. Mm -hmm. And so if you have a younger demographic who's very used to living life online, and you release self into their hands and say, Everything can now be done online with your friends. You just see this tremendous explosion in the number of alphas that are running. Encouraging. And what I love is the point where you have challenge, hit vision, and things explode. So here's the challenge. Data costs. 
you and I, I'm now based in the US, we're based in Canada. We have, we may not always think it when we get the bills, but <laughs> globally, our, our digital costs are very low. Okay. We, the data, I said digital, forgive me, data costs are very low. Mm-hmm. Africa has the highest, Latin America has the second highest. And yet you have the greatest growth over the last year of alphas, mostly alpha online. So this is what I mean. You've got challenge, hitting vision. Hmm. And when you have the right leadership in place, what happens? An explosion of growth. So that's exactly this point that we're in right now that is hugely encouraging. So that is, that makes no sense. I love when things don't make sense, like the highest <laughs> costs and yet the biggest growth. Because what do everybody often complain about? I was in sales for years and the first thing people talk about is, oh, it's too expensive. No matter what you're selling, if you give something away, they even that's too expensive because it's going to be my time to take it out of your hand. And so cost is always an issue, but... But what a great example of no. And so there must have been some incredible vision to overcome that. So talk a little bit. And, and you're talking about, you know, when leadership and vision collide, you know, you have challenges, then, but then you have le- vision and leadership. You can overcome that and, and, and get growth. And I know you're not just talking about your own great leadership. I know you're a great leader, but I know that's not what you're talking about. Tell us, what are you talking about? What does that look like? What does it look like to have a leadership team that is um, creative as well as fully bought into the vision? I think there's something about creativity that comes in when you hit challenges. And part of it is just our natural inclination, the natural inclination to kind of fall back when you hit that wall and it bumps you in the nose, or to look. So here's the key part there's two pieces. One, you start trying to climb that wall yourself, right? Yeah. You can on an obstacle course. I'm hoping you're, you're tracking with me on the image. You've thrown your hands up and you're jumping as high as you can. So option one, you hit the wall, you fall back on your nose. Option two, you're struggling your hand up as far as you can. Option three is you look at the team that you're with and you say, okay, we are going to get over that wall. Hmm. And everyone starts lifting their hands and pushing each other up the wall, which of course then is when you can hit it, right? And I think if you think through these three images in leadership, we all fall into one of them when we hit a massive challenge. And if you are in the midst of this world at this moment, you've not hit a massive challenge, I'd like to be where you are. Where are you? (laughs) I'm moving there. This is a global challenge. There isn't anywhere this isn't in mapping. And we are all then having to respond as leaders in one of those three ways. I I love, I'm driven. I am really goal-driven. So my natural inclination is not falling over. My natural inclination is for me to try to reach up and get myself over the wall. Yes. It doesn't work. (laughs) I, I know it doesn't work because I have tried it. Yes. What works is that image of saying, collectively together Mm. god has given us the same passion and vision but he's given us different skill sets and how we can address the challenge in front of us and if we bring that all together with one vision Mm. we're going to get over the wall there is no doubt Mm. to it but i can't do it on my own i love that bonnie you talk like about that one of the i think the key component is passion and vision because you know, it's like, hey, there's a wall. Would you like to climb over that? No, thanks. I'm fine here. <laughs> like, yeah, but, 
<laughs> right? How would you like to go smack up against it? Would you like to give that a try? No, thanks. Like, how would you like to do it together? I'm still fine here. Like, it, all of this presumes vision of something better. Absolutely. Which we can agree on and allow ourselves to get passionate about. I heard an expression recently, all in and all out. Like you're all in on the vision and you go all out to get there, like to do whatever it takes. And so I know as COVID hit, particularly in talking to some of the bishops, they recognize that some of their clergy who, you know, up against a challenge they haven't seen before, not equipped to deal with it, overwhelmed with people's ideas and all the stuff they had to manage. Some people just collapsed, you know, just emotionally and mentally I'm going to wait till this blows over. But boy, this is a storm that just doesn't seem to end. And I think we've all realized it's not going away. And then to, to kind of, who am I going to be in this season? It's an existential crisis, isn't it? it? It really, it really is. We have been using an image on our team. Um, but I'll mention it and see if it's helpful. We are all in a storm, and there is no doubt. And if we look at the mark, or you know, it's mentioned in a number of the gospels where the, the, the disciples are out in the boat, the storm, you all know the story. The storm is coming, Jesus is in the boat, and they're all going, We're gonna die. Jesus having a good snooze. Funny paraphrase. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is having a nap. Well, what I love about this, Jesus, I'm in the boat. <laughs> What did you miss? I'm right here. Now, if we take that image of Jesus saying, I'm in the boat. And then we look at Luke 5. And there's another great boat image I love. Jesus sends his disciples back out. They fished all night. You know, you know the story. They get nothing. He says, go back out. And they get so many fish. They have to call their partners to come and help. And to me, this image is such the image of where we are right now and who we need to be as leaders. We are people who are calling each other because we need it ourselves. Jesus is in the boat. That means two things. Mm. Confidence that he knows exactly what's happening. He's not shocked that the waves are so big and the, the storm is so loud. Yeah. But also he's calling us that there are so many fish under us in the boat. We cannot stop doing what we do, calling people to follow Christ, to know Christ, to, to hear the good news of Jesus, because we're in the boat, and so is Jesus. So my little image right now of where we are as leaders is reminding each other, Jesus is in the boat. Comfort, security that he knows what's happening, but also calling and direct action has to come out of Jesus is in the boat. Oh, so good. Thanks be to God, he is. Because otherwise, those storms are pretty overwhelming right now with the devastation that COVID is wrecking everywhere. Um, we've lost, you know, I think this is the case for a lot of people. Yeah. We've lost dear loved ones um, who mm -hmm. we, we miss dreadfully. So there is no, there's no sense of, Everything is fine because Jesus in the boat. The waves are still there. But it is very different experiencing those waves with Jesus in the boat. Honestly, like I hear you say that, 
And it's like, it feels so good for me to hear that again, like just apply that to my own life. It's like the, the truths of the gospel, we need to hear over and over again. We need to share them with each other. We need to encourage each other in the truth of the scriptures because they're just, they're so encouraging in times of need. And so thanks for that. I, I love just like, I'm just soaking it all up, loving every minute of it because I need to hear this. Yeah, we really do. And, and so Bonnie, as you, as you take a look at your practicality of your life, where you're at, this new opportunity, you're like, yeah, I'll take that on. And, you know, clearly the, the team has confidence in you to give you this portfolio. But that means like, talk about practicality, there's practical changes in that. Like I'm seeing, like, I'm thinking if somebody said, Hey, Ron, you're in charge of Africa and South America. I'd be like, what? Like, I don't know much about those areas. Like, and so what about the learnings that you've had to go through? Like what, what is that? taking on that challenge, what has that meant from a learning perspective point of view for you? Like what kinds of things have you had to allow yourself to embrace? The easier thing sometimes, there are two necessary steps, Ron. The easier thing is thinking, what do I think I bring to this specific leadership challenge? Mm -hmm. And if anyone is going to be good at helping someone know what they specifically bring to a leadership challenge, it's you, Ron. You definitely. But there is a second piece of that, which is the listening to those leading within the culture, within the context, within the language, mm. and figuring out what do I not have? What, do I, what am I not bringing to this picture? And then thinking through each of those pieces. So if we look at Latin America, for example, I, as a teenager, I spent probably nine months in Latin America and was fairly confident in Spanish. Not perfect, but fairly confident, but then didn't use it. Well, I'm not going to give away my age, so I'll say for a fair amount of time. <laughs> and then I knew I needed to pick that back up and to really press into it. Wow. Because relationally, it is much more difficult. And I'm so not fluent. My verb tenses are disastrous. And I keep messing up whether the tree is feminine or masculine. I'll get there, but I'm not there yet. But I can communicate and I can understand. And there is something different if you can do that in someone else's language. Oh, good for I, you. So there's a number of pieces like that. But it, I think oftentimes as leaders, what do I not bring is much harder for us to really dig into than what do we bring? What am I good at? How did God make me? That's our natural inclination. Right. What do I not have? How do I lean on others? How do I put others forward? What are the times as a leader when you realize I am not bringing what's needed to this, that I need to actually step backwards and bring the right person forwards and that my act of leadership is actually to be as unseen as possible? That, that's a beautiful place if you're working in a team, in a team that you're all leading within your areas of capability the senior leader who can step out and be invisible is going to have a much greater impact than the senior leader who is always at the front piece in terms of what's being perceived or even in terms of decision-making. So good. And that requires, like, so three things I'm pulling out of what you just said here, if I could summarize for my own benefit, <laughs> is that one, what, what do I bring? And so 
here's the truth. We're not all going to bring everything, but you don't have to have all the answers to step into a new form of leadership. Even when the challenges are big, don't let, don't be defined by the challenges in your inadequacy. Say, no, God's calling you to this for a reason. What are my strengths and play to your strengths? Second point, what do I not bring? You know, what do I not bring? And, and, and once you recognize that, how do I deal with that? Is there something I can learn and commit to learning and personal growth? Because that sets a heck of a tone for the rest of the organization. When you're willing to do something you didn't know and humble yourself and, and start from humble beginnings and work your way up, that shows character. The second thing is, when am I not the person that should be like, when do I need to step back so others can step forward, which takes humility, awareness, and a, and a genuine desire to win the day? and not care who gets the credit. Amen. I just dropped the mic. If I could drop this mic, I'd drop it right now. I'd just walk into the sunset. We just tell people to see at the next episode. That is gold. So just apply that. Those of you that are listening, just write that down. Think about that. Apply that to your current situation, the challenges you see in front of you, and just ask yourself, invite God into that space to pray and discern, maybe get a person or two around you to help you with that, because that that's going to be useful forever in every context, wherever you're at, as long as somebody's going to be in leadership. Amen. I love your simplicity of breaking down my three points. Excellent, Ron. (laughs) (laughs) That's how my brain is. Very simple. I have to keep it simple. But it was just so beautifully articulated. So on the other side of that, so that's the learning bent, the, you know, mm. what do I bring? What don't I bring? How do I deal with that? But the other side of that is team. And so I'm guessing there was already people in place. There were already great things going on. I know some things, areas were winning, some areas were not winning. That's normal. In comes Bonnie with a new role and a new opportunity. What's it look like to engage with team in a way? that creates cohesiveness and trust. I wish you could ask my team and they, they could tell you. That's true. That would be a good person to ask. <laughs> I, am, I do have just the biggest blessing in the team that I have. So the team is spread across eight different countries um, across those two regions. And so even within the same region, you've got a very different cultural spread across that first language difference um, across in fact so I am the only one on the team I think maybe there's one other whose first language is English wow and so everything is this beautiful mixture of cultures and languages that I love but what what does that look like to to step into to me everything can be built out of are we all aligned on the vision, the mission, and the values. Because if, if as leaders, we are all completely aligned on those points, why we're doing it, why we're doing what we're doing, and how we're going to do it. Yes. Everything about strategy, while you can wrestle it out, while you may not come into it at the same point whatsoever, you may have really strong disagreements. Ultimately, you are ultimately going to find common ground because the strategy always falls under that. Where where I think the points that are the most difficult is 
if you are not all aligned on those three things, what does it look like to try to lead within the context of the vision you are leading into or the mission you are leading into, not having that same degree of passion around everyone on your leadership team or wider team? Mm. Vision leaks, we know that. And so one of the most wonderful parts of our role is to constantly remind people of vision, to to leak that in the most wonderful way into everything we do verbally, but also what we do. But what if ultimately there isn't alignment around that? Mm. Vision, vision, the vision piece of those four, the vision, mission, values tends to be very big Mm -hmm. and it it should be if it's if it's not big what's the point of the vision right it's not very fun (laughs) me in if it's not huge (laughs) but the mission is where you get more specified if you meekly within this wider picture of god coming back when the world is as it should be uniquely within that this is the role we're going to play and I think that, that when you are building, especially cross-cultural teams, that is your piece that if you really have that mission, so that focus point of within the vision and the how you're going to do it, you can build much more easily than even if you were all the same language and all the same culture. That piece is not the challenge as long as you've got this other piece. Huh. That is, it's fun to listen to as you're saying that. Um, what role are we going to play the whole, like the vision's big. And if it's not big, you're probably not going to attract exciting leaders because, you know, when my kids were two, I didn't want to play road hockey against them and try to win because of <laughs> course I'm going to win. <laughs> so, I hope. I hope. I hope yeah. <laughs> when they were three, they were beating me, but I could beat them when we were, they were two. Uh, but, but honestly, most people of capacity want a, a, a vision that is going to is going to stretch them to grow and to win the unwinnable fight. Like that's the best fight of them all. And, but then it needs to be broken down. I love that. You know, what role are we going to play? What's our focus point? And that's where we can really, you know, bring it into a place where we, we know where our lane is. We, we can agree what time the race starts. We can agree what position we're in on the boat because we're getting laser focused. But without that, yeah, we run into problems, don't we? And we see that in churches all the time, that people are there for different reasons. We just assume everybody knows the vision because, you know, it's in the Bible somewhere and we must all agree on that. And so we just leave too much up for grabs. And I think if we take the time as leaders to nail those things down, the alignment comes better. And back to your point, that's where teams can really begin to gel. Absolutely. And you have alignment. You you are already your alignment is you're all focusing the same direction. Yes. Where without that, you're focusing wherever you are uniquely focused rather than in the same one. Sandy Miller, who was the vicar of Holy Trinity Brompton when I first joined as a member um, many years ago now, had an analogy he used that I find so helpful. In London, you can paint this picture with me, there are the route master buses. Okay. And so you, you jump on the back of the bus because it was kind of open in the back. It wasn't a the bus stop. You all got on very orderly in the front. 
it had this opening that you could jump on and off that kept traffic moving. That sounds fun. It was. I missed the route master buses. But it, the analogy was that the bus always told you where the bus was going. Where is this bus going? Because the bus behind is not going there, and the bus in front of me is not going there. But where is this bus going? So if you are clearly announcing that, you are clearly showing that, then the people who come to join you are bought into that specific vision. Yes. If you, we as leaders are not making it really clear, where is this bus going? We then can only hold ourselves to account if our team is not sure where the bus is going. Yes. If they are confused where the bus is going, it's not their fault. It's, I'll place it on mine. It's mine. I am the one who has to make sure the sign is on the bus. I am the one that has to be constantly announcing where the bus is going. So true. Otherwise, we are, we are heading to Herod's when I really thought we were heading to South London. <laughs> yeah. I, I, such a, it's such a valid point. And because I think to myself, if not, if it's just like if a bus is a bus is a bus, well, what's a bus to you? A bus is a place where I sit there and talk to my friends. So, Okay, well, what's a bus to you? A bus is where I get straight downtown quickly. What's a bus to you? Bus, and so, and that's what I find in in local parishes. Everybody has an opinion on what a parish should be because it doesn't really seem to be going anywhere. And, and so, you're saying, and this is so key, everything rises and falls on leadership. And so, as a leader, that is your primary responsibility is to decide where is this bus going and begin to articulate it. So that you can have purpose. Invite people into it. Yes. Invite people into where God is calling. I don't know if God calls buses, so I might need to move away from the analogy, Rod, but you get the idea. Yes. God is ordaining a journey, and we are inviting people to come on that journey with us. Mm. And if they're, not con- if they're confused as to where they're going on that journey, we need to take responsibility for that. Right. And continue to work on our own ability to articulate where that bus is going. Yes, that is so, that's, that's a wonderfully well put. And when, when we take the time to do that, because it can be scary, because mm-hmm. if it's going in a particular direction, that means it's not going in a bunch of other directions. And that might disengage some people. People may get off the bus. Right. And, and so we really have to believe in where we're going. <laughs> it has yeah. to be an important destination. It has to be the right destination. And, and then to win people over to it. So as a team in these areas, when you come into that, um, imagine, again, imagine if a bus, everybody just kept yelling out to the bus driver where they wanted to go next. Oh, yes. Great. Like whoever yells the loudest, that's where we're stopping next, I guess. <laughs> and, and I've been on teams, I've been in organizations where that's what it felt like. But boy, does it ever feel good as somebody on the bus when you can have confidence in where you're going then you know how you can participate. And so I can only imagine that in a team that big and a scope that big, bringing that level of focus and being able to articulate vision, mission, um, values. and values, well, that must bring a lot of peace to people. And there's a lot of things they don't have to worry about anymore. And then all of that time and emotion that goes into worrying and uncertainty can be redirected into clarity and action. Oh. And that's that's the beautiful moment 
I worry that maybe I'm, I'm painting a bit of a utopian picture of everyone always getting along once they have clarity of the vision, mission of us. And I just want to say how untrue that is. That does yes. not mean that everyone is just going to magically be 100% aligned. But what it does is it brings value to the disagreement because when there is a disagreeing discussion, people are bringing difference of opinion to the table. It is on, it's on the point of what is best going to serve the agreed vision and mission. It's not having to rehash those pieces. And what I love about being part of a discussion of disagreeing opinions mm. is because I am so passionate that I'm not always the answer in the room. Mm. I can't always be the answer in the room. It can't be the Bonnie bus. That would be a disaster. I don't even want to be. I'd, on, I'd get on the Bonnie, I'm Bonnie. <laughs> But the disagreeing conversation is when we can all begin to imagine and think differently of what piece this might best move that vision and mission the way we all want it to, even if we don't think this is the way to do it. Open-eared listening. I think sometimes as a leader, it's really easy to go into the conversation thinking, I know how to do this. I know what's going to make this happen. It is much harder to go in with your ears really open saying, I am going to do everything I can to come in with no thoughts on this, no preconceived notion. What, you know, it's the alpha question. What does, here's the challenge that we're seeing in front of us. What does everyone else think? Open space. It doesn't mean I've given it no thought in advance, but it does mean I have to try to keep my mind as open to what everyone's bringing onto the table rather than my own solution to the problem. Now, I hasten to add, I'm not saying I'm great at this. I'm saying these are the things I'm working on that may be helpful to other people. So everything I've said are things that I'm working on all the time. And I'm sure my team would say, yeah, and some of them she really needs to work. <laughs> They're going to play it back to you. Exactly right. It's <laughs> an art in progress, we'll call it. I am an art in progress. Those are wonderful things to aspire to, and we will all drop the ball at different times. But when we are honestly and, and earnestly investing in one another where there's high trust, then relationships can um, handle the tension of drop balls because we've made enough emotional investments in each other. We trust each other enough that, yeah, we can, we can deal with the, uh, the missteps from time to time that we will all do. But what you said was um, by, by listening, it allows, well, it allows us to be influenced and we'll never have influence if, if people are aware that we're not open to influence. Great point. Like, like, I love that. We'll never be. And so listening is such an important part of it. I don't always, I used to, one of the things I used to love about our, our leadership team meetings in the early days at St. Benedict Parish was the disagreements, Father James, I would get into passionately. They're the, you had the whole fight, flight, or freeze right? Those are three different ways to deal with conflict. Both Father James and I would fight, but we loved each other so much. We loved each other that we just go at it and we'd have so much fun. And very rarely did I come out of meetings and ideas where I, I, I'd always go in with strong feelings and whatever we came out with was always better than what I came in with. Absolutely. That's exactly right. Always better. Even if, and this is the, the piece I find so, even if what you brought to the table is what you ended up doing, by that discussion where you were looking at it differently, the idea has been refined and it's 
better than when you walked in the door of it. So true. So, so Bonnie, as we wrap up, you know, your portfolio being Africa and, and South America, how can we pray for those countries and the work you're doing? Because, you know, we have a very prayerful, committed listener base, and I want us to be interceding for those countries mm-hmm. and you. So please share with us how we could pray for them. You are so kind. That is the biggest blessing. Thank you, because it's a gift. Prayer is a gift that we can give each other. So I'm really grateful. I would love to pray for three things, please. I would love to pray for the team. Um, uh, We have just such a a passionate, committed team that are based in um, Colombia, Argentina, Mexico, Brazil, Costa Rica, Uganda, Kenya, and South Africa. Those are the regional teams. So if you can intentionally pray for our team members in those eight countries I've mentioned. Secondly, if you could pray for the church of all denominations, this is globally, but specifically within our context, the church has a, a crisis that is both health, but also economic. The devastation to the economy is very different to the agreed devastation that you and I see in our countries of Canada and the US, mm-hmm. it is not at the same level. And when you've got um, cultures that are in many places, not all, but many places reliant on an unofficial economy, this is even harder hit. Mm-hmm. So it is that, that place of suffering and how the church brings the light of Christ within that mm-hmm. for the church. So the team the church. And the third, for those that do not know yet that Jesus is in the boat, they are weathering that storm. And there is no sense of the security that you and I would know of having Jesus in the boat with us. For those three, all across the most beautiful regions in the world of Latin America and Africa, I would be so grateful to each and every one of you listening for your prayers to join with mine. Bonnie, thank you so much. And uh, you bring a very valid point like us in the first world who, you know, maybe there's people that aren't very well traveled. I'd be one of them. We haven't seen the face of, of these countries and these people and how great they are, but also the, the practical parts of their economy and governments and, and what that means and looks like. And, you know, with a you know, pandemic, what's that mean for getting an injection of the COVID, you know, the vaccine, all those things. Look, I, I haven't done this before. I'd love to just pray right now. And then, guys, I just continue to, if you would, add, add this prayer to your list. But, Lord, I thank you for this time together with Bonnie. I thank you for the call that you've placed on her heart. God bless her and her husband's moms who are widowed and the reason they came back to America to take care of family. God, pray for their teams. Pray for those heroes on the front line of Alpha, just really coming alongside of all those churches. Give them joy. Give them passion. Give them peace. And for the church itself, as they deal with health and economic crisis, or may they feel the comfort of knowing that they are sons and daughters, that they they are priests, prophets, and kings. They're heir to the throne of heaven, that they're their eternity is secure in you with all the riches of heaven. Lord, may they build up riches in heaven, even in this difficult time. And also for all those who, who don't know what it means to be loved by you. Those that haven't heard in a way that, re- that they can connect to, 
that maybe are caught up in all kinds of, of things that, that are scary, that, that maybe they're just doing to survive, um, but that aren't helpful. Not in the short, maybe in the short term, but certainly not in the medium to long term. Addictions, broken families, crime, whatever that might be, whatever that might look like, or maybe just loneliness or apathy. Come into those people's lives, help use us and bring healing and hope to a world that desperately needs you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ron. What a joy to have time with you and to receive your prayer. Thank you very, very much. Thanks for being a terrific guest, and I can't wait to see you in person. That sounds wonderful. I'm looking for it. Bye, everyone. Wherever you are in the world, and whatever your leadership position may be, live your life in love and service of others and plug into the source of love courage and perseverance jesus follow me on twitter at ron underscore huntley or on instagram at rm hunts my new website will be out this week and i am so excited you can go to ronhuntley.com and check it out thank you for journeying with me and have a great week i want to encourage you as you lead this week be faithful to god and generous to others see you next time and remember if you're still breathing you are powered for impact.